I can break these cuffs. You can't break those cuffs. You're standing over there trying to stuff women's clothes. That don't look like it'll fit you. I have a fetish for women's clothes. I like to wear, you know. What? Tell me. You like to wear what? Panties. As always, I am John, joined by my co-host Chris. Hello. That's generic as shit, buddy. That's <laughs> what I got. <laughs> we go with it. That's right. So we're gonna do something different. I know I say I say that a lot. I think I say that every episode now. That's because we're usually trying to do something different every episode. Sort of uh, feels changing like anyway. So. As always, you know, you're listening to Hardpoint. We are a comedy podcast. Um, We're slightly like offensive. Look, slightly, I guess. It depends on the person. Or the state. <laughs> I'll address that towards the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, a little so, bit. So if there's anybody from South Carolina listening and saying, you know what, this guy's an asshole... You shouldn't say the things that you say. I'm going to address that, and I have a nice apology for you guys. That's nice. That is nice. Um, Once again, you know, we love seeing the reviews that we get, (laughs) even if it's hate from South Carolina. It's fine. Today's episode is going to be different. We are doing something called the Neighborhood Watch. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. Uh, This is an idea that we kicked up uh, a little bit ago and said, you know what? There's something to it. Let's try it. Let's see what we can do with this idea that we have. We like it. We hope that you guys like it. And this is going to give future opportunities for listeners to be able to chime in and send us stories that are like this. If you have any stories that are like... What we cover today, uh, feel free to email us at hardpointpodcast at gmail or find us on Facebook, Twitter, send us a link, let us know your name, and we're going to do this because we're going to cover five different cases today, not in depth or anything like that, really small, simple, um... But it's just stuff that we see around the news, you know, from all around the country, whether it be the country, you know, different country. We look at all different things, you know, you see so we're all types of crazy news stories on Facebook and stuff like that. So it's we're flooded with stuff. So we're looking into small town, big town, cities, country, you name it. Right. Are we looking at the the weird and the morbid or is it does it always have to be about murder? No, it doesn't always have to be about murder, you know, <laughs> because when you're reading about someone like Jeffrey Dahmer or something like that, and, and you're in that for like a week reading about it and watching movies and documentaries, man, that gets tiring. It, it'll put a strain on you, buddy. It'll make you start to suspect your neighbors, sometimes even your children. 
<laughs> Those little bastards. You know what I mean? I mean, I can't, man, I sleep with one eye open, and I'm just waiting for my youngest one to come in. I swear to God. <laughs> I'll, I'll know what happens if you, if you don't show up one day. Like, God damn it. Got him. That's right. It butchered me in my sleep. In that case, we'll be looking for a new co-host. <laughs> That's right. So look for that opening coming up yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially to join us. Yeah, we definitely needed to uh to lighten things up a little bit after our last episode. Um got kinda dark pretty quick. And stayed dark. But uh that's okay. Very dark. I mean we got we got a little bit of darkness here, but I we tried to balance this one out with enough humor and lightheartedness. Just so we know that it's not a a complete shit show out there. Correct. Yes, sir. So uh, where are we going first, John? We are going to be venturing into Massachusetts. Uh, this is something that caught my eye uh, this week on Facebook, and it seemed to be huge. I know I've seen this discussed in a lot of Facebook groups and stuff. Uh, <sighs> name Michelle Carter may ring a bell to some people. Yes, it does. And her and her boyfriend, uh, Conrad Roy. Hmm. This is unique because this really reflects this day and age, the type of things that are happening uh, with the youth, uh, younger generations and stuff. Oh, it sure does. It, it, it puts a a glaring light on social media and everything else that goes into a teenager's life now. There is no shutdown, cool-down time anymore. No, it's constant. It's like your senses are always constantly going. You're overwhelmed, and it is exhausting. I try to keep up with that stuff because running a podcast can be very time-consuming and uh, social media involved and doing this, doing that. It's like, man, sometimes you just need to turn your brain off. I can't imagine being a teenager now and just being flooded with information constantly. Oh, yeah, especially if uh, if you're having some kind of issues with something and you can't get away from it because it's constantly there. You know right. what I mean? And then, <clears throat> you know, as parents, we're not always super tuned into our kids. We try to be, but they, you know, teenagers hide shit all the time. And we're, some of them are very adept at it. So we don't always pick up on it. And then other people feed into the shit that's bothering them. Fucks them up. And it is. And you hear about these cases and stuff like this all the time of a young person taking their own life. Because this is what ended up happening. Someone ended up taking their own life. And it's tragic. Oh, it's, it was very tragic. I mean, it, it, it's sad to think that, uh, that the kid didn't think that there was another way out. But I could see why he thought there was no other way out because of what was going on here. You know, he wasn't getting any, rein, you know, any uplifting comments or anything like that. It was 
pretty fucked up. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have your stresses of, of home and <laughs> the everyday thing. And like I said, you know, sometimes parents just aren't totally tuned in and... <laughs> It seems like everybody's medicated nowadays for for depression, and it seems like everybody has some kind of mental health issue. And it's well, it's, it's it's man, it's <laughs> you know, growing up, I don't I don't remember hearing about kids being on all these types of prescriptions and stuff to combat this or that. Well, I think with the uh, the onset of social media and just the, like I said, just it, you can't shut it off. So it's like they, they're just overwhelmed, you know. I mean, mental health has always been a huge issue in this country anyway. Mm-hmm. But then when you compound it with this, I mean, it's constant flood of information, you know. So if you're being bullied, you can't get away from it. You're... Your uh, your Twitter account, your Facebook account, Instagram, Snapchat—it's probably blowing up nonstop. You know what I mean? And we all have our tether on our hip, which is our cell phone. You know, it's everywhere. You can't get away from it. So these kids that just didn't know—they don't know how to cope as well. I mean, when we were kids, we could get away from it. If you were bullied, you could go home. The bully wasn't there. You know what I mean? Hopefully not. Well, well, yeah. You know, everybody's got that one uncle or a stepdad or something. But hey, what are you gonna do? These kids, so, they can't, they can't get away from it. So everything that I gather here between M- Michelle Carter and Conrad Roy is uh, they had met down in Florida, and it looks like they had sort of like a. Like a close relationship through text messages and email and stuff like that. So it's, like I said, once again, technology. It's confusing of what's actually going on here. Obviously, they're not seeing each other and stuff, but... So were they not dating? I thought they were dating. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I see here in front of me, that they were, but it's like, are you really? It's like, it's like a long-distance thing. Kind of, sort of. It's what it seems like. Like, hey, I met her on vacation, got her number, and then this is what's been going on ever since. Yeah. Well, she suffered from depression and stuff like that, too, and this is what tries to be uh, her defense of changing uh, prescriptions and stuff. But Conrad Roy, he had been suicidal and had voiced it to Michelle Carter via text messages and it had been going on for a while from everything I gather to the point where, you know, she had tried, you know, hey, you need to seek help. Don't do this, this, that, or other. I guess it got to the point where she's like, screw it. All right. You need to do it. Now, is this, you said she was suffering from depression as well? Correct. Is that what you said? Now, was she on medication or yes. was it was being treated? Yes. So maybe her medication wasn't working as well. No. And well, his. Her, uh, go ahead. Her her thing was that she had switched 
Uh, I guess you're trying to say she became delusional because of changing her antidepression medicine from Prozac uh, to Celexa. Hmm. I mean, I know a little bit about this, not a whole lot. Well, with this, like the drug, the drug changes and everything, mm-hmm. it can be a complete personality swap. That's I know understandable. that. So. Maybe she went from being caring from it's what it sounded like at the beginning right? Um, to where she's like, hey, you know, you need to talk to a professional, tell somebody, get some help to, hey, I switched my medication. Now I'm just like, fuck it, dude, go for it because this shit doesn't work for me anyway. So I'm going to take my fucked up shit out on you. Yeah, I can. <sighs> she was trying to like lay it all out for him say hey you should do it at this time of day you should do it here um you know they communicated with each other said that they loved each other and stuff so i'm I'm gonna go through some of these text messages real quick and just try to glaze over them there's six pages of actual text messages well i believe it with today's youth man all they're constantly texting so I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with just a, a snippet from Conrad saying to Carter, you know, I love you. And she asks him, "When will you be back from your walk?" He says, "Like five minutes." She's like, "Okay, so you're gonna do it." And Conrad responds back, "I guess." So Carter says, "Well, I want you to be ready and sure." What does that mean? Conrad responds, "I don't know. I'm freaking out again. I'm overthinking." And Carter writes lengthy response here. I thought you wanted to do this. This time is right, and you're ready. You just need to do it. You can't keep living this way. You just need to do it like you did the last time and not think about it and just do it, babe. You can't keep doing this every day. And Conrad responds, I do want to, but I'm freaking for my family, I guess. I don't know. So they have a little bit of back and forth where she's trying to convince him to do it. And he's making promises to her that he is going to kill himself. And <laughs> she's trying to set up all the place, you know, do it in a parking lot. Because it's it's already worked out. He's going to do it by carbon monoxide in the car, you know. Run with, a, with a generator, right? Correct. Okay. Um, you know, because... You know what that actually sounds like? Hmm. Um, sounds like she had the same thoughts in her head, but she can't bring herself to do it. So she's trying to get him to do it to see how it would make her feel. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just giving some kind of perspective what I'm thinking, what she's thinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's kind of, it's kind of, sounds kind of fucked up, but, uh, you know, if she's dealing with this depression and she switched over her medication and this medication is not working for her, so she's probably having all the same dark thoughts, but she's trying to live this suicide through him. You see what, you get what I'm saying? Exactly. Like I said, she... She helped plot this whole thing of where where to do it and stuff, and, and that's how the text messages 
breakdown. The remainder of the text messages were just like, all right, you need to do it here. And he's worried about his family and somebody finding him. And she's like, well, you know, just stick a note to yourself, this, that, and other. And the the text messages, you see where it goes through it, where to the point where he, he actually kills himself on July 13th, 2014, to the point where she's like, are you there? Did you do it? Oh my God. And before that, she, she was making sure, you know, that he had deleted all the messages and stuff like that. Well, obviously he did not delete all the messages because they remained on his phone. And it sounds like she kind of panicked. She said she was scared. And then she told him that she loved him at the end there. Um, so I, what I'm thinking is, you know, she wanted to experience this, but then it scared the shit out of her when he actually did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did anybody, did they do a psyche veil on this girl? I didn't see anything about a psyche veil. That would have been the first thing I would, I would suggest. Yeah. I mean, I mean, basically she goaded him in to killing himself, you know? Yeah. Um, you wish this kid would have talked to his parents, a guidance counselor, a friend, somebody, any anybody other than this chick because she was pure poison at this point. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like she has her own issues mm-hmm. that, I mean, she she was arrested, correct, and convicted? Correct. She was she was charged and found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Sentencing isn't until August third of this year. And how old is she? Uh, right now, twenty one. Okay, so she's definitely an adult then. Yes. Um, so she's probably looking at probably five years, five to ten years. Yeah, on an involuntary manslaughter. Yeah. Um, hopefully, they're going to put her in a mental hospital. You would think that way she could get help because it sounds. It sounds like she has similar issues to Conrad, but maybe a little more so. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people who live with those issues every day and just don't have the, I guess, lack of a better term, the balls to be able to pull something like that off. Yeah. Um, it's a, It would be a hard thing to do, you know what I mean? I don't know. I've never been to the darkest dark place I could go I guess where that would ever be a question I've uh, I've been in some dark places but I've never been not to that point no uh, been pretty dark but not that dark you know what I mean yeah. it wasn't pitch black yet <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> one would probably think you know me growing up at you know, to a, to a teenager, you, you would look at me and you think, "Oh yeah, that kid's crying out for help and stuff like that." But I had I had a happy teenager life. That's probably why I didn't fit in with the rest of the juggalos, I guess. <laughs> probably, yeah, because they all had daddy and mommy issues and everything else, and yeah. somebody touched them somewhere. And yeah, both my parents yeah. are college educated. Yeah, they're all right. You know, <laughs> right. they did what they could do. You just like the Jinko jeans. <laughs> yeah, the chain wallets. Yeah, pipe jeans. Yeah. So I guess that puts it close to that. And the make note of yeah, mental health. It, uh, 
It's a real motherfucker, man. Yeah, it's real bad. Yeah, everybody should uh, just be on the lookout, especially with your kids, because there's never te- there's no telling. Kids don't tell you anything. It, you think you know everything, but you know like one third, if that, of what the fuck's going on in their head. They're sneaky little bastards. Exactly. All right, buddy, I'm kind of depressed now. You got to warm, lighten things up. Oh, I have a good one. Um, we're gonna go to Kansas City, Kansas, buddy. Ooh. Yep, and we're gonna we're gonna check in on a guy named Lawrence Ripple. Lawrence Ripple. Yes, sir. Lawrence Ripple is seventy years young at the time of this. This was last September when this occurred. Now, apparently, Lawrence and his wife had had an argument, and Lawrence had enough, buddy. He's, he said. Probably about taking out the trash, dude. It could have been anything. She sounded I like a shrew that shit all the time. Oh. You know, she. Oh God. So Lawrence did what any self-respecting man would do. He said, "I can't take this shit anymore." He left the house, and he proceeds to go into town. Goes to the bank of labor. Writes up a note, and hands it to the teller. What do you think it says? Shoot me. My wife's nagging me. <laughs> no, it says, I have a gun, and this is a robbery. Give me all your money. Whoa. So she complies. She complies. There's no silent alarm. There's nothing. Lawrence has $3,000 in cash. So what do you think is going to happen right here? I think Lawrence is going to Vegas, and he's going to visit the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. That's what I'm thinking. One last hurrah with Air Force Amy. What do you think? Yeah, if you're really trying to get away from your nagging wife that bad. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna make a big statement. Yeah, he's gonna die of like I don't know syphilis and st- oh, yeah. <laughs> instead of just pure nagging. He's buying an eight ball and going out, right? But that's not what he did. That is not oh, no. what he did. Nope. So the teller gives him his three thousand dollars in money. Lawrence takes the bag, walks over to the chair in the lobby, and sits down. Motions to the security guard. Security guard walks over. He says, I'm the man you're looking for. I just robbed this bank. You need to call the police. (laughs) So the security guard goes, what? So he sits there. He holds him there until the police get there. And uh, the detectives are questioning him, and they say, well, why'd you rob the bank? Lawrence looks him in the eye and says, I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't live in that house. I'd rather be in jail than live with that woman. So he robs a bank to get away from his wife. Now, Lawrence was going through a bit of a, he was having a bout of depression at this point. So maybe the whole rob the bank thing was a little overkill. (laughs) I would say. Yeah. Um, Well, it took six months, or roughly, well, a little more than six months, and they uh, he finally gets a hearing with a federal judge, and <laughs> the judge says, no, sir, no prison time for you. I am going to sentence you to six months of house arrest to live with your shrew wife. <laughs> <laughs> you 
can't make this stuff up. No, you cannot. So, so at this point, he's he's happy now, though. Uh, I guess maybe his time away from his wife made him happy. Yeah, a short little bit. So obviously, the book wasn't thrown at him. No, they. I, even the prosecutor and the defense attorney both asked for leniency. Because, you know, he was going through a bout of depression. The man's 70 years old, and he had a fight with his old lady. Yeah, they they know the deal. So, obviously, it, it wasn't a violent crime. Was he actually armed with a gun? No. He had a hairbrush and some tail nail clippers with a... <laughs> he was, what's he going to do? He's going to comb the, somebody's hair? Yeah? Here, get over here. I'm going to give you a pedicure. Yeah, <laughs> take care of those cuticles. Yeah, so uh on top on top of that, okay, on top of his six months of home confinement, he gets fifty hours of community service and he has to pay a huge fine to the bank. Do you know how much it is? How much? Two hundred and twenty seven dollars. That guy that guy's probably a really nice guy. <laughs> That's what I'm taking. Oh hell yeah. He's seventy one. He's he said he's really happy to be home now. Um so Everything worked out in the end for Lawrence. Apparently, life's not that bad. <laughs> he was just having a really fucked up day, and he ran out of Pabst. And she didn't want to go to the store. And he said, fuck that, I'm robbing a bank. Lawrence sounds like an all right guy. Right? But that's like our trip to Kansas City right there, buddy. Good deal. Yeah. See, that's uplifting. Yeah. Yeah, good for Lawrence. I want to write that man a letter because I know he doesn't have email. Yeah, no. That's the way you stick it to the man. Damn right. Well, we can either go to upstate Washington or we can go to Brooklyn, New York. Where would you rather go? Upstate Washington. Oh, he wants to go upstate. Well, we already know that Washington's kind of backwoods for the most part. You know, it's a little bit methy up there. They got sparkling vampires. They do have sparkling vampires. And we're about to find out why. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. There was a Operation Extra Olives that was Whoa. going on up here. And uh, do you know what that involved? Uh, extra Olives. I'm lost. It sure did. It involved a group of teenagers, well, and some mid-20-year-olds, and a lot of cocaine. Whoa. Oh, yeah. And they were all working at a local Papa John's, buddy. So apparently, you could call this Papa John's and get yourself an eight ball or some ecstasy or some marijuana. You name it, you could get it here. Papa John's extra olives. This is what I'm talking about. So all you had to do was call in, and when you'd order your pizza, you order with extra olives. That is what it sounded like because detectives had staked this place out, and they had purchased cocaine from these young gentlemen on four separate occasions before they actually arrested them. <laughs> Apparently, according to some of their. Uh, their co-employees, they were doing cocaine in the bathroom. 
There was cocaine near the register. There was cocaine everywhere in the store. So they've had to go through it and do a complete deep clean of this place because can you imagine? Okay, you think you ordered this pizza, right? You get the Parmesan crust. And next thing you know, dude, you're sitting there grinding your teeth, chewing on metal bottle caps, running them run through a fucking wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Papa John's is the best. Yeah, they must have been making making out all right because uh, cocaine is relatively expensive, right? Yeah, it's not bad. Um, not as expensive as it used to be. It's... Uh, it's kind of looked at as a, I don't know, it's not a designer drug anymore. It's kind of frowned upon, I guess. Kind of All like I know is the saying is, cocaine is a hell of a drug. It is, and it worked out well for these guys. Um, following their arrest, uh, they, uh, the authorities seized cocaine, ecstasy, marijuana, oxycodone. Wow. LSD. Damn. And $28,000 in cash from they these gentlemen. They were doing gentlemen. all right. Yes. Oh, man. They were raking it in at Papa John's. How come I was never an entrepreneur when I was a kid? You know? All I did was mow a couple lawns. These guys had an enterprise. Clearly. So See a need, fill a need. Yeah, but their story ends up with getting fondled in prison. Yours ends with you just getting fondled out in the yeah, wild. Fondled in somebody's backyard. <laughs> right. No, you need to move back there in that behind the garage. Yeah. Here, get paint spilled on your shirt like Mr. Mac did. God damn it. Fucking Mr. Mac. That son of a bitch. Don't worry, all the other boys do it. But, uh... The- that's upstate Washington, buddy. Just remember, when you call Papa John's, get extra olives. You never know what you're going to get in your pizza. It could be anything. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I'd have, I'd advise against that. Do you think that uh, there was like a company-wide email that was sent out after that? Oh, yeah. I think I, think I want to call Papa John's. Oh, yeah. Just to yeah. see what happens. Like, hey, can I get some extra olives? Did they name the city? No, they did not. Of course. Yeah, because, man, I really wish I knew where it was at. They did oh, not name a city. I guarantee you with enough sleuthing, we could find said location. Oh, I'm sure we could. And the names of said people. Yeah. Because they were they were aged 18 to 26. Yeah, there so they're all adults. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Where did they get all this? This is what I want to know. What kind of connections do you have in upstate New York? I mean, uh, upstate Washington. Is it coming out of Canada or something? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know much Hmm. of the drug trade, my friend. No? I do not. Oh. Pussy. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, we've already been to Kansas City where a guy was married, didn't want to be married anymore, and went to prison. We would go all the way up to upstate Washington where we get extra olives and cocaine and LSD and every other good thing we can imagine on pizza. 
because yeah. fuck pineapple. So now we're going to go to Brooklyn, buddy. Heading out on the East Coast. Yes, sir. And this one here is a little bit darker than my other two stories, but not starts out pretty positive. Um, starts out with a threesome, buddy. Oh, I'm intrigued. Oh, man. So here they are. They're at the club. Um, everything's going great. You know, the guy's 20 years old, meets this guy and this girl, both they're 21 years age. And, uh, apparently they all start feeling up on each other. They head back home and bam, buddy, they're in it going to town. Now there's two rules. Okay. To a threesome. Do you know what those are? No. First rule of the threesome, don't bump dicks. <laughs> that's a safe rule. <laughs> Unless that's your thing. I'm not here to judge. If you want to bump helmets, you bump helmets. But that's my rule. Okay. <laughs> don't bump helmets. And rule number two, do not film it without having everybody's permission. Because bad things could happen. Safe rule? Yeah. Okay. Well, apparently, our victim did not listen to rule number two. He was not aware of said rule. Because apparently they're going at it. Everybody's having a good time. The victim pulls out his cell phone and starts to record. Mm. Well, the young lady does not like this one bit. From what I understand, they still finished. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently she wasn't that pissed off. But immediately thereafter, the 21-year-old man takes her home out to Staten Island. Okay. And when he comes back, that's when our victim, who does not have a name, none of these people have a name, he, uh, he takes off. And right around that time, our victim's girlfriend, because he has one, Mm. He has a girlfriend. She gets a message on uh, her Instagram. And it says, your boyfriend really fucked up. He's going to be taken care of. Now, this is sounding pretty damn ominous. Yeah. Ominous for uh, our victim. What do you think? Not looking good. Nope. Nope. Shouldn't have broke rule number two. I think he would have been better off breaking rule number one instead of rule number two at this point. Possibly. Yeah, because then you could have just been like, sword fight. Yeah. Yeah. You can't say sword fight with this. So he's trying to leave the building. Surveillance catches two white men and a black man chasing this kid down. Uh, at this point, apparently he was beaten and stabbed to death with a baseball bat, and he suffered multiple stab wounds. Oh Nobody's seen God. it. Nobody's seen it, okay? But there's surveillance that sees people chasing him. <laughs> well, apparently, a neighbor overhears the scuffle. And, well, this kid's beating on the door, and here he is bleeding to death on her doorstep, and he's, he's apologizing. So, apparently, this guy and his buddies did a number on him and left him to die. In their apartment building. Wow. Yep. 
Yeah, uh, nobody's been arrested. That is crazy. But this is this is what two days old, three days old. So yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, everybody is brought to justice and they all get what they deserve. Um, if I do hear anything, we will give you an update on a later date. But never break a rule, man. It uh, usually ends up bad for everybody. Oh, um, absolutely. It shouldn't have ended this badly. Not by any stretch. You should have just no. smashed his phone or something. You know? Maybe punch him in the face. But that's about it. Yeah. Uh, that was very senseless. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, buddy. I, maybe... I don't know. This could have been the plan the whole time, maybe. I don't know. And the threesome but, was a setup. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hope and pray that this was just like a a stupid thing that happened. You know what I mean? Hopefully, this kid wasn't lured to his death. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem like he was lured to his death because I don't think he would ever had sex <laughs> unless that was part of her, like the fantasy or something. He's like, all right, going yeah. out. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine his girlfriend getting this, this Instagram message that says that? She's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then she and then she sees it on the news a few hours later. It takes some balls to be able to do something like that, too. It really does. It really does. To be able to... Uh, it's a paper trail, man. How do, you, how do you kill somebody in an apartment building with a bat and knives without being seen? I mean, it is New York, for crying out loud, but still, you're in a hallway. Yeah. Uh, give it time. I think I think more will come from this one. I do, too. I, I, think these, uh, I think these gentlemen will be caught, tried, and convicted. God, I hope so. Yeah, I imagine. Well, that was New York, damn it, and that was a downer. Yeah. We need something to lift us up here, John. Well, I wanted I wanted to finish uh, off this episode of uh, the Neighborhood Watch. Uh, I guess with an apology. Oh yeah, yeah. I think um, I think I've I've uh, overreacted. How so? I think I say a lot of negative things when it comes to South Carolina, and I guess maybe yeah, it's not all South Carolina. I guess all my negativity needed to be focused towards Myrtle Beach, but it's wrongly, it's not necessary. I don't. Myrtle Beach is a beautiful town, John. Yeah, I've I've only seen so little of it. I spent uh, my time in the tourist area, so. Right. Uh, they do have golf. Oh, yeah. I've heard, I've heard great things about the golf. Yeah. I didn't get um, a partake. No. Well, you're not a golfer. I'm not a golfer. You enjoy nature. Sure. It's not that way. <laughs> no. So, I guess, you know, uh, Myrtle Beach, yeah, like you said, it's beautiful. You got you got the ocean right there. You have... Sharks. Everything a tourist location, you know, could offer, Myrtle Beach offers. And the nighttime 
I guess activities. They're 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 amazing. I didn't I didn't get to see a lot of the nighttime activities and stuff like that because you were in a hotel, right? Yeah, I I I try to stay closed off. If you know anything about me outside of here, I'm pretty closed off. Yeah, you know that's that's safe to assume. Yeah, I don't I don't talk a lot, <laughs> which is weird that I do fucking podcasts, right? Right, right. Yeah, so. I guess some of the cool activities that happen at night at Myrtle Beach, some of this stuff happened the other day, and this is really sweet. It got some got some audio of some of the events that were taking place there. Check this out. Fight, fight, fight! Like firecrackers. Oh, no, that's a gun. Was it, were those firecrackers? Multiple people down. We're at Fourth Avenue North. Stay away. If you're watching this, stay away from Fourth Avenue North. Taking a car. Stay away from this area. If you're watching this feed, there's multiple people been shot. Other people. Scream. Hey, go back inside. Hello? Yeah, so I guess uh, as of Sunday, that marked the sixth shooting in three days in Myrtle Beach. No. Absolutely, buddy. Oh, not there. Yeah, no, I guess somebody had, uh, over by the sky wheel, had discharged a firearm in the bathroom. Really? Yeah, then there was this event where uh, three people lost their lives, eight people injured. Even a cop was shot. Wow. So not only do they have a cool murder hotel, yeah, but they also have just rampant shootings on the streets, on the main strip. Yeah, on Ocean Boulevard. Well, makes me feel like I'm at home. Yes, because of, of anything, we can, we can judge that. We're not yeah. too too far away from Detroit. No, we are not. We embrace it. Yeah. And by God, now that I know South Carolina has this, I want to go visit. Yeah. I mean, the homeless people got it. You know, they got it going on. They get to sleep there on the beach. I, I can't believe that those people would have that shoot out there and wake up those hobos. Don't no they know they're trying, to, yeah, they're just trying to lay there and sleep off a bender and hopefully not OD. Yeah, no consideration. At all. You can tell they're out-of-towners because they don't have any consideration. You know what I mean? They're probably, well, hmm, they're probably not from Myrtle Beach. Oh, that's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing they bring the trouble with them. Probably. Because it's a beautiful town. John. Oh yeah, fun loving, enjoyable. Fun loving. Huge cockroaches. I uh, mean, palmetto bugs. My bad. Yeah, yeah. This look like giant cockroaches. <laughs> yeah, definitely that at the uh, murder hotel. Yes, or cockroaches. Yeah. They're probably cockroaches. So I guess once again, I'd like to say, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I misjudged you. That's right, buddy. And you know what I take away from all this? What do you take away? 
we're just a great big nation with fucked up situations everywhere. But we don't have to dwell on the negative. I'm going to take my my cue from Lawrence Riddle and just appreciate what I got after I almost lost it for 36 months. So I think that put his life in perspective. That puts my life in perspective. Maybe it's not really that bad. Maybe you just got to turn the other cheek sometimes and just keep pushing on. That's my takeaway. That is be positive. That is a great takeaway. Yeah. What's yours? My takeaway? I don't ever have to go back to Myrtle Beach. (laughs) (laughs) No? Let's Oh my God, let's hope not. Okay. I think I I love the I love the Palmetto State. It's great. Yeah. They make good math. So once again, uh, this has been Hard point, but we're calling this segment here that we're going to do spontaneously. I don't know when we're going to do them, but we're calling it the Neighborhood Watch. That's right. We would love to hear from you guys and uh, stories that you have. So feel free to email us at hardpointpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, give us a link, stuff like that. We'd love to do it on an up-and-coming show. Yeah, any any kind of weird little news stories that you guys see or just, I mean, it doesn't always have to be something crazy. Um, just something that you find amusing. Um, send us, hit us up, let us know. And, uh, maybe we can use it in our show because we're always open to ideas. We love ideas. Yes, we do. And as always, feel free to go to iTunes, rate, review, we appreciate that. Yes, we do. Give us five stars. Tell us we suck. We appreciate it. Yeah, we do. And remember, as always, keep an eye out. Stay weird. Yeah, stay weird. You like that? I said keep an eye out. Cause it's like a neighborhood watch type thing. Yes, you did. It's almost like the crime dog. McGruff? That's right. I don't trust that guy. No. All right, guys. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>